0: John chapter 9, verse number 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. you See what they're, they're trying to connect some dots here. Is this sickness a byproduct of something somebody else did? And Jesus answered and said. This man has not sinned nor his parents. But that the works of God. Should be made manifest in him. This is not what I'm preaching tonight, but basically, what Jesus said right here is this man was born for a miracle. This man was born for this moment. Woo! Boy, I'd hate to think I was born for a moment and then miss it, wouldn't you? But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Boy, is this forevermore true. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I want you to notice that Jesus is speaking about light while he's dealing with a blind man. Never has he seen light. That's what my Bible said. He was blind from birth. He's never seen light. And Jesus starts talking about light. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went his way, therefore. And he washed. I love this. And came, see. He washed and came. See. Jesus encounters the man. And speaks to the Pharisees and his disciples that are standing there. And immediately begins to talk to them about light. And I find it quite intriguing. That Jesus was trying to make himself known to the Pharisees. But what the Pharisees could not see. A blind man was getting ready to. Think about that. Jesus is showing us a little principle here that I'm not sure we'll get if we don't really look hard. That it's easier for me to heal a blind man and him see who I am. A man that was born blind than it is someone who is spiritually blind and refuses to see who I am. I want to talk to you tonight about blind faith, blind faith, and you may be seated in Jesus' name, blind faith. Right before performing what we believe to be the sixth miracle recorded of Jesus, he reveals one of the most powerful dimensions of his true identity, He said, I am the light of the world. The Pharisees rejected his claim because they said Jesus was bearing witness about himself. So, when Jesus could not get through to the Pharisees, he turns a blind man into an eyewitness. Woo! I'm trying to just keep from preaching right here. I said he turned a blind man into an eyewitness. After pronouncing himself the light of the world, Jesus spits into the ground. And then he mixes mud with saliva and he anointed the man's eyes with it. Now, I have several reactions to this There is some spiritual insight to it But my first one Is gross It's pretty nasty Of all the things that Jesus could do He spits On the ground In the dirt Rubs it together and makes a mud pie And starts wiping it on this man's eyes. Why in the world does he make mud? Well, there's a lot to this. For one thing, there is a thread of truth that runs through this story. That again, if we're not careful, we'll just walk right past it and miss it. This is not the first time that these hands have molded dirt and dust and clay. And created. I realize that he came as a man and everything he did on earth he did as a man. But he was not just man. He was God. And he has the ability to do things that other people say are foolishness. Of all the things that he could have made man out of, he made you a glorified dirt ball. How's that feel? You are nothing but a glorified mud ball. You're a glorified dirt ball. But what he's showing us is that I can take an earthen vessel, a vessel that's made of mud and clay, and I can touch it with my hand, and I can breathe on it the spirit and breath of life, and I can fill him with my spirit, and I can make a glorified mud ball hell's worst nightmare. The enemy wants you to believe that you're a nobody and that you're just scum and dirt of the earth. But I feel like telling you dirt balls something tonight. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world.
1: I feel like telling you tonight you are not as low as the devil wants to make you believe you are. He wants to make you believe you are the scum of the earth. But I'm telling you that there is life in you. There is breath in you. There is spirit in you.
0: Hallelujah. Now, I, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but Jesus doesn't do anything blindly, and he doesn't do it without some kind of a motive. He doesn't waste words, and he doesn't mince words. Now, during the, 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 the Greco-Roman days, during uh, the Roman Empire, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of influence from the mythological world, where little nuances are picked up throughout the scripture, but you really can see it especially historically, even so much as uh, Paul when he goes to Mars Hill and he says, "I perceive you, you two are superstitious." Uh, with Simon the sorcerer trying to buy the Holy Ghost, you can see we are not the first generation that has to deal with witches and warlocks and, and, and stupidity. Right. 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 Okay? Yeah. Hey, I, w- I just want to make it known tonight. We talk about this in the prayer. Room. I don't care who's marching, who's saying what. You hear me when I tell you right now, we have nothing to fear. You understand that tonight? You are a child of God. I don't care what the enemy's trying to incite in this world. Greater is he that's in you. I'm so sick of the devil trying to scare people to death. I'm telling you tonight, I already know the end of the story. Praise God. But there was a lot going on in that that day and time. There was a lot of superstition, a lot of sexuality, a lot of gross darkness. There was a whole lot of stuff happening. Man, if you start reading that kind of history, really, America don't look too bad other than just the fact we've got technology to do it. It was insane, the kind of stuff they had. Public bathhouses that turned into stuff you don't even want to read about. All, wherever that kind of activity is going on in the world, it's because there is spiritual stuff that's transpiring. And it's happening. I don't want to chase this. I told you that. I don't want to chase this too long. But the Pharisees had a serious trouble, and, and I, I think a lot of it was because they were trying to, to do, in a lot of ways, the right thing, fighting against some of the spirits of the age and believing that they could battle the spirit of the age with just the law but they were also very aware of their surroundings they knew what was going on and saliva believe it or not saliva was connected to magical powers that superstitious people believed that if you were a mighty person a person of power that there was something mystical and magical about your saliva. Why does Jesus spit in the dirt? Why didn't he just pick up dirt and rub it in his eyes? Well, I can tell you why. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to stay right here and preach way too long. But the Pharisees were very aware of the fact that there were sorcerers who were using their saliva for mythical and magical powers. And just as the Lord dealt in Egypt with Janice and Jambres, who were the magicians of the Egyptians, that it didn't matter whatever they had, our God was greater. Jesus was letting them know, the Pharisees know, for every counterfeit that's out there, I want to tell somebody tonight that the devil does not have a tool yet that God
1: in his infinite power has not been able to show him you are still not in charge.
0: This has created the same kind of issue in the modern day church because we have silenced the voice of the prophetic miracle signs and wonders because of a few counterfeits. And so instead of Jesus not healing because there were counterfeits that were healing, He just goes ahead and heals anyway. That might be the best preaching I do all night. We cannot allow ourselves to be paralyzed by what people of false doctrine, superstition, witchcraft, especially those that are hiding witchcraft behind Jesus' name. That's even more scary. We cannot allow them to keep the true church from operating and functioning in our God-given power and authority. Is there anybody in here that has ever seen stories about counterfeit money floating around and circulating through towns? I just heard the other day that there was uh, a bunch of counterfeit money that was going around in in, uh, New Mexico. And one of the men I was sitting with at breakfast, he said, that he had, uh, he went from one bank and they, they uh, gave him money, and he went to deposit it in another account. As soon as that bank saw it, they said this is counterfeit money, and so he took it back. Ended up getting it all fixed, but counterfeit money was literally coming straight out of a bank into his hand. And so here's what I want to tell you right now: that you 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 we're going to use money to talk about this, but you got to get this settled in your heart. I don't care how many counterfeit $100 bills there are out there. I'm not going to start burning my $100 bills because of counterfeits. You've got to realize the power in the authentic. God, I feel like preaching on Sunday night. You cannot let
1: some counterfeit power negate the power that's in the authentic. Tonight, you let the world say what they want to say and do what they want to do and gather how they want to gather. But we're gathered here tonight, and where two or three are gathered in His name,
0: He's in the midst of us. 19,000 people gathered last night to see the president. Can you imagine? 19,000 people. Ooh. Thousands and thousands of people been gathering in the street. People that four weeks ago were so afraid they wouldn't even walk outside their house. But you give somebody purpose. See, what I'm... What I'm trying to tell you is there's a lot of counterfeit hocus pocus going on out here right now. And that's why we've been screaming it all along. It is vitally important for the body of Christ to come together. If you give somebody purpose, when we come together with purpose, The Lord felt so strongly about this in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, they were building a tower at Babel. Man, I wish I could preach tonight. And the Lord had to confound their language. Folks, they were working towards iniquity. And the Lord said, if I don't confuse them, they're going to get it done because they have purpose. You go ahead and let the world work in iniquity. But when God starts bringing confusion, that's why we're praying it. Blind the eyes of the seer.
1: Stop the ears of the hearer. And shut the mouth of the soothsayer. Because God can frustrate their purpose. But when we come together in Jesus' name, there is no power... That can stop people of purpose when we come in Jesus
0: name. Uh, uh, I, I'm trying to dig out of here. Several years ago, had a lady the pastor was dealing with, she was trying to supposedly come out of witchcraft. And so this man was counseling her and calling me on a weekly basis, saying, I don't know what to think about this, what to do about this, talk to me about this. And so there's one little thing that I want to share with you. This woman had been trained by witches around the world. She had trained under witches in South Africa, and I believe if I remember right, uh, She had even been with uh, some high witches in London, England. And they had trained this woman in uh, astral projection and all kinds of crazy things. And she had one level left before she mastered uh, some other things like shape-shifting and very, very, very dark world. That we don't think exists, except for it's babysat our kids for years. Well, right. 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 Come on, Pastor. Right. Oh, he's just a cute little wizard. Uh, go ahead and tell yourself that Harry Potter's just a cute little wizard. Right. But what I want to get to you is this: woman was talking to this preacher about the art of. Astral projection, which is projecting from one place to the other in a trance-like state. I'm not going to go into it completely. But she told him, she said, we're all over the world. We project pretty much wherever we want to. And she said, there are only two kinds of people in the world that are aware of our presence when we do. She said, it's other witches that have been trained in astral projection and people who have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow! Wow. I feel like letting somebody know tonight, we are not the underdogs. Notice she was dealing with people that were full of the Holy Ghost. Not
1: people who acted like they had the Holy Ghost, but people who are full of the Holy Ghost, that do not operate in the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a woo, and of a sound mind. I am tired of the counterfeit trying to shut down the authentic we need a supernatural move of revival that shakes this city and shakes this nation and turns us inside out I'm telling you I'm ready for blind eyes to be open I'm ready for the lame to walk I'm ready for the dumb to talk I'm ready for the deaf to hear I'm ready for them to get up out of wheelchairs I'm ready for a miracle
0: my 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 so whether jesus was dealing with their 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 Unbelief and superstition, whatever it was, here's what we do know for sure. We do know that if he created before, what he is really doing here, Bishop, is he is empowering what we'll call the Genesis effect. That he created in Genesis and He recreates. God at mercy. And he recreates in John chapter 9 man I'm telling you I'm having a hard time tonight I just want to have a Holy Ghost runaway up in here right now what do you mean pastor he recreates I'm telling you right now that he is the only person I know and the only power I know that can
1: take a bunch of junk that's been messed up and scarred and broken to a million pieces and recreate. And when God gets finished putting back together what the world has tore apart, He has recreated a masterpiece
0: my, 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 my. So here here's what we're dealing with. I'm trying to hurry. I want to get where I'm going. The Pharisees and and the man, they're focused on the methodology of the miracle. They're focused on how he performed the miracle. But the method of the miracle was never the point. The point was his power. God is trying to bring the 21st century church to a place where we quit being so worried about how he's doing it and just getting concerned as to whether or not he's doing it. Well, I really don't want a dirty miracle, Pastor. I I really don't want a spit and mud miracle. I'm telling you tonight, I don't care if it's spit and...
1: I just want him. I want miracles. See, some of your one doctor and law, your revival. And the Holy Ghost said it may be a drug addict revival. It may be a, homo- a homosexual revival. I may have to get them off Skid Row and bring them to the house of God. But if anybody can do it, I know he can. Come on, you go ahead and write it off if you want to. You go ahead and talk about the method if you want to. I don't want him bringing no dirt and mud and spit up in here. I'm saying, bring it on, Jesus. Bring the brine, the hope, the main, and send us revival. <laughs>
0: So it's vitally important that you understand the method behind the miracle was never the point anyway. I don't want to blow the story for you. But here's a miracle. The guy's born blind and can't see. But when Jesus gets through with him, it's fixed. Well, boy, that went over right there like a zipper at a Velcro convention. I said, when Jesus got finished with him. Never did I find in the story the man coming back to him and saying, "Uh, I'd prefer that you would not put that in my eyes. No. As a matter of fact, He had the spirit get on him that we need to get on us tonight. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what it takes. Some of you aren't desperate enough to pray that way. I don't care what you've got to do.
1: I don't care how you do it. But I'm saying, Lord, just do it in me. Oh, God, I don't care what you've got to do, but save my babies. I don't care what you've got to do, save my husband. Oh, God. God.
0: Church family, I don't know how else to break this down, so let's just break it down Gerber style. Are you ready? Until you get willing to start praying like that, it may be a while before you see a breakthrough. But when we get desperate enough before God to start saying, Lord, whatever it takes. I believe some's trying to break out in here before I finish preaching, Lord. Whatever you've got to do, if you've got to lay them down flat on their back and make their bed a bed of stone, yeah. if you've got to keep them up every single night, if you've got to give them dreams of hell every night, God, if you've got to give them a vision of eternity.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: listen to me church this is going to sound counterproductive I know that but you got to get to the point where as the old timers used to say if I had my druthers if I had my druthers that means if I had it my way I'd just say okay God do it the easy way just let them walk in on Sunday night bow their knee and pray through That's the way I'd rather God do it. If I had my druthers, that's where that came from. But I would rather somebody be saved on their deathbed. Don't nobody want to hear this kind of preaching. We're living with the wrong perspective. I would rather somebody that I prayed for be locked down in their bedroom where they could not move. Sick as a dog. But know that they've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're saved. I'm not 100% sure we're ready for whatever it takes revival. But I'm telling you, when we can start praying like that, it takes the pressure off of us. I said it takes the pressure off of us. If we'd start praying that for this nation, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Lord, I don't care if it's somebody I voted for or somebody I didn't vote for. If you haven't noticed, it's a very, very interesting thing. People say you shouldn't mix politics and religion, but boy, it sure is mixed up, isn't it? You got people fussing and cussing over politics. People backsliding over it. People still sitting on pews that are probably backslidden but don't know they are. It blows my mind. It's amazing how spiritual people are. You know what? I have never. Watched a newscast. On CNN. And felt direction from God. Ever. I don't care who it is. Fox. NBC. CBS. I played the other night. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. I think I did on podcast one night. But. There was a there was a thing I can't afford to get sidetracked here, but early in the, in the in the fifties and even back into the thirties, there was a, a a process released. The CIA was using, and it ended up developing into what's called Operation Mockingbird. So, for all of you that think your little news network is perfect, let me just mess with you. Every single news network today is affected by what the CIA called Operation Mockingbird. Don't take my word for it. Go to YouTube and look at it. And they took every network, which what's so hilarious is that they're owned by the same parent companies. People say this is the Republican version, this is the Democrat version. It's not. It's all the manipulated version. And every single network in their opening segment, go look it up. They fill up the screen one by one with news networks, and every one of them are verbatim at the same time saying the same exact thing. Why? Because it's not news. It's the narrative that the world wants you to believe is true. And don't let this rock your boat. That started as a government program. That the government was involved in manipulating the minds of people? No, not here, Pastor. You know what I wish? I wish that Marxist communists that won't be communists would move to a communist country. I said the other day, "This is going, oh Lord, I've done stepped out of here. If their own cities are what they want, let's just give them a couple. And take every cop out of there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's time you don't get 911. Right. You don't get potholes fixed. Right. I got one for you here, folks. We, we think this is people, we think this is just people being crazy. Hang on just a second. Hang on just one second. This deal that's going down out west out there in tree country, beautiful, tree hugger company. Yeah. Yeah. Guess who's cleaning up the unauthorized zone every night? The city. The city. When the news cameras go off, city workers are coming in. And cleaning up messes that these people are made. It's coming out of the taxpayers' budget. And we're like, oh, the hatred in this world. They're making you believe it's true. You ought to do yourself a favor and throw Wolf Blitzer in the trash. You ought to do yourself a favor and throw Neil Cavuto in the trash.
1: America does not want answers. They want flexibility to do whatever they want to do. But what they really need is a red hot revival.
0: That's what they need. I've had my feel. I've had 52 hours sitting on my tail without watching any news and just got my gut full every time I pray because the Lord's saying, nobody's ready to pray whatever it takes. You know what I'm praying? Expose every one of them. I don't care if they're a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, a pot smoker or whatever else they're doing. Expose every one of them. And for those of you that don't think I'm still in the Bible, you haven't read the Bible because this is exactly what was happening in Babylon. And do you know what else happened in Babylon? Daniel kept on praying and the three Hebrew boys kept on standing. I'm saying
1: whatever it takes, give us revival. Whatever it takes, tear it down. God, if you're coming back, then give us one more sweep at it. If you're coming back, give us one more hit at it. If you're coming back, wipe them all out from Capitol Hill. I don't care where you take from the Senate to the Congress. I don't care what you got to do. Give us revival.
0: I'm... I'm I'm tired of people fussing about it. You listen to what I'm telling you right now. Somebody's going to go to hell over that mess. Somebody's going to be lost over it because they don't like the method. I'm saying, however you got to do it, go get it. Don't be mad at me for saying what nobody else wants to say. This is, a, this is an hour that some say is unprecedented, and it's not. About every hundred years, we go through this very thing right here. Some kind of goofy plague hits the earth, and then all kinds of division in the country. Because people can't take it when folks come together and start doing what the Lord's told us to do. It's all controlled by forces that are outside of my reach and your reach. Amen. Now you still need to vote and do whatever you're going to do. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But there are people in this hour that have been in the trenches of this thing that can tell you I'm not one of them. I've never served our country in the military. But there are people that have served in this church in the military and have served in wars that can tell you that the bullets flying have absolutely nothing to do with what the news tells you the bullets are flying for. Right. I'm just going to say this and I'm going to move on. But you understand this preacher tonight when I tell you that law and order cannot be separated Law and order work one and the same. That's right. This is a biblical principle. That's why when they got in the wilderness, the Lord said, I'm going to establish law. Because it brings order to man. Yes. So if you want to take the law out, well, pastor, the problem is corrupted law. That's what I read to you in John 9 tonight. Pharisees corrupting law. What did Jesus do with that, Pastor? Were they really corrupt? What What did Jesus do? He healed blind people. Yes. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He healed a woman that had an issue for twelve years, and he did it on the Sabbath day when he healed this man. I'm telling you right now that what we need is not another opinion. We need an apostolic outpouring of revival. We need preachers that will preach without fear or favor. We need apostolic people
1: that will stand up and love God and serve God.
0: Now, I got to get where I'm going. But like many of the miracles that Jesus performs... This miracle has a prerequisite when the blind man is healed. Now, we don't we don't like this kind of preaching because we like the gimme, gimme, gimme preaching. But Jesus takes the spit and the dirt and rubs it in the man's eyes and then he says to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. Right. Which being interpreted as sent. Jesus, is kind of interesting, he sends him to sent. Yeah. Right. Right. Jesus is Sends him away Now Again a principle That if you're not careful you'll read right past When he told the man to obey He was still blind And Humiliated Because he's blind And he has Goobledygop on his eyes Y'all read it? He got mud in his eyeballs. Blind. Now, from the best that we can tell, this miracle happens during the Feast of the Tabernacles. Which is one of the feasts where men travel to Jerusalem. So more than likely, brother, there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in the streets of Jerusalem. And I, I can't tell you exactly how far it was. You, you, if, if you look at the, uh, the tunnel of Hezekiah, it comes up the Gihon Springs and all that. that We, we can possibly see maybe from where we think this miracle happened. All, all I'll say is that I'm willing to step out and say this. When Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, it wasn't from here to the back of the church. It was a journey. Right, right. Right. And the streets were packed with people. He is a blind man that cannot see, and he is humiliated by mud in his eyes, but he's willing to walk in blind faith. Excuse me. Excuse excuse me. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Excuse me, excuse me. And people are turning, man, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What, did you see that guy? Did you see the mess on, what is wrong? Excuse me, sir, excuse me, excuse me. Where are you going, you fool? Excuse me, I'm on my way to my miracle. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. There will come a point in your journey that you really don't care what people say about, what they say about you, or what they think about you. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I'm so very sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where are you going? I'm headed. I'm headed to my miracle. Excuse me, sir. Sir, sir. Excuse me. Uh, Do you know where Salome is? Uh, Yeah, you know where it is. No, well, I can't see. Where is it? Oh, I don't know. Can somebody just like point me in the direction and they push him? Here, buddy. Here, here. Oh, okay. A little bit frustrated here because I can't see. But I do know with every step that I take, I'm closer than I was yesterday. Some of us get frustrated because all we want to do is see. And Jesus is saying, just obey. You can't see where you're going. It's blind faith, but you got to keep. Excuse me, sir. Could you just push me? And all of a sudden, you get that
1: there's a little direction. There's another Sunday night that pushes me right where I need to be. You may not like where you are, but you're headed in the direction of a miracle. I'm saying tonight, push me, Holy Ghost. If you gotta send a preacher to push me, push me. If you, if you gotta send a prayer meeting to push me, push me. But push me toward.
0: (laughs) And then the Bible said. That he went his way, therefore. This is the part so easy to miss. He went his way, therefore. That sounds easy. But the part that you don't see in that is that when he went, he still had no answers. I'm just feeling my way through. This is taking me a little longer than I wanted it to. But I'm feeling my way through. And it won't be long. Are you really that stupid? Are you really that shallow? Are you really that shallow to believe that you were born this way and just by dipping in water? But this man was at a point where he realized I've got nothing to lose. If I go down in that water and I come up blind, I hadn't lost anything. But what if, Brother Miller, what if I walk off in that water and everything he said he was going to do? I know some people may look
1: at you and think you're foolish. Do you really believe that Sunday, Wednesday, and Thursday is going to turn you around? Let me tell you folks something. You just get me to the edge of the pool. I'm jumping in because I believe everything he said he's going to do. I believe everything he said he could do, he can still do it.
0: Harry, I want to read a story to you I took a picture of this story I read this and I didn't I didn't have time to type it out but it's a good story the story was told by an Episcopal bishop named William Frey if you want to look it up as a young man he had volunteered to tutor a student who was blind the student had lost his sight at the age of 13 in a chemical explosion, and he felt like his life was over. And The only thing greater, they said in the writing, the only thing greater than his self-pity was his hatred toward God. He hated God because he was blind. And for six solid months after his accident, all he did was feel sorry for himself. Then one day, it said that his father walked into the room and he said, John, winter is coming. He said, winter is upon us and the storm windows need to be put back up. That's your job, John. Now do it. He said, I'll be back. And by the time I get home, I want the storm windows put up. And they said in the story that John's dad walked over to the door. Papa always slammed the door like he left. He stood there and he watched his boy. He said anger came over him. He was so mad. Because his father had asked him to do something that he couldn't do. It made him so angry in fact that he just got up and did it. He was so mad that his father had asked him to hang up windows that he couldn't hang up. That he just got up and started hanging windows. He walked outside. Felt for the ladder. Brought it over to the house. Got it established. He reached for the window. He started putting it in, filling it every step of the way. Would walk down off the ladder. After a while, he got all the windows hung, and his father spoke up, and he said, I told you I was leaving, but I've never been further than five foot away from you this whole time. I told you to get work done while I was gone, but what you didn't know, I never left you. I go away to prepare a place for you. (laughs) But I need you to occupy until I come back. But he said, I will not leave you comfortless. Woo! But I will come again unto you. He
1: said, I will send my spirit, the Holy Ghost. I know some of you think he went away 2,000 years ago and has left you to walk in blind faith. But if you'll just get up and do what he's called you to do, you're going to realize he's never left you. He's been there the whole time. He said, Lo, I am with you always. I don't know how else to preach this to you tonight, FPC. Everything that I've preached has been for a reason tonight. i preached till this moment to tell you in this climactic event of the evening that he is with us during COVID. He is with us during riot. He is with us during injustice. He is with us. You've got to walk in blind faith.
0: Pastor, I don't understand why you preach what you preach tonight. I preached everything I preach with purpose. I preach to tell you that I don't care what the spirit world and those that think they run it are doing. I don't care what the politicians are doing. I, I, I don't give a rip what they're doing. I don't care what cities are doing. I don't care what other races are doing. We're God's children. And that world don't affect this world. It better not. All I could see when I read that story, Sister Shell, I could see that boy walking around just feeling his way through. And then I saw Daddy standing over saying, come on, son. You can do this. Come on, you can do this. And tonight, Bishop, as I started thinking about this, I started thinking about Hebrews 11. You know where I'm going. He said, we are compassed by a great cloud of witnesses. And I'm going to tell you all, I don't mind being transparent with you and telling you, I've had some moments of hopelessness over the last few months where i said, what in the world? Man, like, this don't feel like America. It's weird. It's stupid. And I'm like, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? Hey, Brother Stephen, I just keep feeling this. Go have revival. Go have revival. Go preach to the black man. Go preach to the white man. Go preach to the Hispanic man. Go preach to the Asian man. Y'all believe whatever you want to believe. But just today, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for it. Y'all just believe whatever you want to believe. I'm going to tell you what's really going on in our city. I'm not talking about hateful people that are foolish. I'm talking about real people. This young black man walked up today at the restaurant and I greeted him. I said, hello sir, how are you today? He said, I'm just fine sir. Thank you and happy Father's Day to you gentlemen. I didn't look at him like he was a different color. But the world wants me to believe that if I greet somebody that don't look like me, that we're just supposed to hate each other. It's hogwash. And it's blind faith for us to walk on and wonder how in the world we're going to have a multicultural revival in this end time. But I want to just tell the devil, in your face, because
1: God is giving us revival. We're going to see the greatest harvest, a multicultural revival that we have ever seen in our lives. Get ready for it.
0: I don't know how we're going to do it. I've even started trying to figure it out, giving God a plan. How many interpreters do we need? I know, I think we got the Spanish thing covered. I think we can do that. So, Lord... What if we tie into the Muslim community? Who am I going to get to come speak Arabic? The Lord said, I got that. Why don't we break into the Chinese people? Because then you got Mandarin and Cantonese. He said, I speak their language too. said, all right. Here's what I feel like we're going to do. I'm going to give you a word of admonishment as your pastor and your shepherd tonight. It's time that we tell the winds of deceit that are blowing to die down. It's time to speak to the winds of hatred that are blowing and command them to die down and cease. The First Pentecostal Church of Anderson, Indiana is gonna have the greatest revival that we have ever had. And we're gonna do it in the face of division. We're gonna do it in the face of hatred. We're gonna do it in the face of pandemic. We're gonna do it in the face of strife. And we're gonna have revival together. Come on, I'm declaring it right now. We got men and women that are gonna let their light shine. We got men and women both in this church that are employed by the police department and that are employed by our city government. And we're going to start seeing policemen come to this church and bow their knee at an altar of repentance. We're going to see it, we're going to see revival in our
1: city. We're going to see revival in politicians. We're going to see... Come on, somebody. We're going to see revival in the drug addict. We're going to see revival with the doctor. We're going to see revival with the broken. And we're going to see revival with the lawyers. It's going to be blind faith. And we don't know how God's going to do it. But we're going to keep on walking nevertheless.
0: So the miracle transpired when the man walked to the water the scripture said that he went his way therefore and he washed and this is what I came to preach tonight and he came seeing after obedience and a touch from God God opened up his eyes. So what I'm asking God to do in this church tonight is to open the eyes of every individual under the sound of my voice and say, God, whatever I've been blind to, open my eyes. If there are injustices that I need to see, open my eyes. If there are people that have been have been wronged, open my eyes and help me to love as you have loved. God, I don't care from the youngest to the oldest, help me to love. In the name of Jesus, help me to love. Open my eyes. Come on. I need you to help me pray right now. It's blind faith. I don't know how we're going to do it. But I feel revival. All of the earth is His. And the fullness thereof everything that I need you can be sure of